When they were young, the world seemed so much fun. It's on this day with backseat coaches. I've got an on this day for you today. Ooh. We haven't done one of these for a while, have we? No. Uh, it's sort of an on this day and sort of an unsung hero. Kind of a bit of both. Excellent. It's our previous unsung hero of the week. So on this day, 14th of October, 1862. Going back some. Long way back. Uh, Jim Creighton died from an abdominal hernia whilst playing baseball. Well, this is a great story. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought when I first read it. But then I started reading about Jim Creighton. And he is a really interesting, A, interesting person, B, really interesting story, and the legacy of his story more than anything okay. is really interesting. So you might not find it interesting, but I found it really interesting. <laughs> and now everyone else is going to have to listen to it, whether they find it interesting or not. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of Jim Creighton? No. Nope. No, I didn't think you no. would have. I certainly hadn't. Um, Jim Creighton was born in April 1841 in Brooklyn and grew up as a strong cricketer and baseball player. As I guess you would, if you if you're good at one, it's kind of similar, right? Yeah, back uh, then it probably was. Well, interestingly, and this is something that I didn't know, cricket was the biggest sport in America in 1860. In when was he born? 1841. Really? Yeah, cricket was huge apparently, and baseball. No one really played baseball. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? I think the first what changed. That's what we're going to find out. Oh. Yeah. I think the first international cricket game was England versus America. Wow. I think I remember hearing that somewhere. America loved cricket in, 18, in 1841, but all that was soon to change. Uh, after Creighton formed his own club when he was a kid, they didn't have clubs in those days. There's no such thing as a baseball club. Like You just right, banded yeah. together and played whoever you could find. There yeah. was no organized structure at all. Yeah. Um, and he was discovered... Uh, after forming his own club which disbanded he was then discovered by the star club of brooklyn after coming on as a sub pitcher in a game against them and yep. astounding observers with his low swift delivery now in those days pitchers in baseball had to throw it underhand had to be an underhand okay. delivery and most of them just they had to so they had to lock their elbow and wrist they weren't allowed to flick it you had to literally Oh, uh, right, yeah. Just had to come out of your hand without any wrist action at all. Yeah. So it was all just in the arm. So really, the idea was you just lob it up. Oh, strong shoulders. Well, not really, because in those days, they just lobbed they it just up. They just tossed it up. They literally just lobbed it. It was just a way to get the ball in play. That yeah. was all they wanted to do. They wanted the batter to be able to hit it. See. Because that was the exciting bit. Like, the batter yeah. would hit it, and the real skill of the game was considered to be fielding in those days. They thought fielding nice. was the bit that was the really interesting bit, which they're maybe not wrong about because mm. baseball now... Boring. Real boring <laughs> until someone hits it. <laughs> There's a lot of people not hitting the ball. That's yes. what baseball yeah. is now. And that's not what it was when it first started. It was all people hitting the ball. Basically just T-ball, a lot of it. Yeah. Just put the ball... Like, I don't understand what the stigma around T-ball is because it is the most exciting bit. So just, just hit the ball. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they had to, they, the rules were that they had to do it with a locked elbow and wrist, aiming to allow the batter to hit it easily. Uh, so Jim Creighton was the first player to add a great amount of speed to his delivery 
as well as adding spin. Now, I don't know With how... With a locked wrist. Yeah. How did he manage to do it? So they, there was a lot of people saying, that's got to be illegal. It's clearly illegal. Yeah. But watching, they watched him as closely as they could, and he wasn't moving his wrist. He wasn't moving yeah. his elbow. How he got spin on the ball, I have no idea. Because held it funny. Got to be fingers. Yeah, you've yeah. got to be doing it something with your fingers, like releasing it slightly funny with your fingers. Yeah, he had what he called a dew drop delivery. You can't say that <laughs> with a D. <laughs> D E W. <laughs> it was in the 1860s, so it wouldn't have surprised me either way. But uh, it was. He called it the dew drop, where it like it went really high up in the air, but then sunk. Which is there's a baseball like a pitch now called a sinker, isn't there? Oh uh, right, yeah, yeah. Where it kind of goes along normally and then suddenly sinks yeah. that was the he perfected that delivery from an underhand throw yeah uh that was his change up basically so right. his normal was a really quick whiz which was already throwing people off because yeah. nobody else was doing it no they had no idea how to play it <laughs> uh what the fuck yeah <laughs> they, they just turn up and like i can't hit that let's go real quickly <laughs> yeah. ref come on referee <laughs> Uh, so nobody knew what was going on uh, and he then left the Star Club of Brooklyn to join Excelsior of Brooklyn who are one of the highest profile teams in the in the world I guess in America well, yeah he's changed the sport hasn't he well, yes That's very very changer. much so uh, he was only 20 uh, 19 at this yeah. time and he's absolutely changed the, the sport he went on the first ever national tour of baseball so like a bit like do you remember we talked about the harlem globetrotters yeah did this so they like would tour around the nation and play anybody play all comers basically yeah that was what this was uh it was the first time that anybody had ever done that in baseball he scored 47 runs in 20 matches in when he was batting so he was real good at bat yeah. as well uh well with, sounds like everybody's real good at bat i don't think it was much challenged to be <laughs> in a bat at the time uh, but he never struck out but again, yeah. why would you? Yeah. <laughs> this is just dobbing the ball at you. Uh, on November the 8th, he pitched uh, baseball's first ever shutout. A shutout. That probably is quite impressive at yeah, that time. It really was. Like, nobody had ever done it before. Yeah. Like, no, to get him to not score in nine innings is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, in 1862, he also became the game's greatest batter ever, uh, batting 100%. He literally hit everything <laughs> uh, at 65 at bats. Uh, in 1861, uh, baseball was basically washed out for a year because there was a civil war in America in 1861. <laughs> so everyone was just off God fighting damn that. It. Yeah, I know. How rude. Uh, he was also one of baseball's earliest professional players. And I put professional in inverted commas because he wasn't a professional player. They weren't allowed to be professional players. They had right. to be amateurs. But he was, in a very American way, uh, they found a way to yeah. pay him they basically gave him a job at the company being like the secretary or whatever having no responsibilities right but yeah getting paid for it uh open professionalism did not begin until 1869 but there was a lot of this backdoor professionalism yeah. apparently in those days which again wild west isn't it basically america in those days so it kind of makes sense um his death occurred likely because of the extreme speed and lack of proper rules in those days hey what so there's not enough rules i'm done <laughs> i'm just gonna die <laughs> no it's just getting silly <laughs> well it was getting silly so he 
he pitched obviously at extreme speed, put a lot of stress on his body. Like yeah. to throw like that at extreme speed, apparently, I mean, even regular baseball pitching puts a lot of stress yeah. on your body. But I think overarm pitching puts the stress on your shoulder. Right. But underarm pitching, because of the way he was doing it and locking his arm, like none of the power is coming from so his it's arm. It's all from his torso. Yeah, it's all coming from torso. So a lot of like twisting and turning and herniating as it turned out um so the reason well the what is hypothesized no one there's no medicine in those days uh just things just happened so (laughs) well he's not getting up this time (laughs) (laughs) so the reason they think why he died is because batters just began not to play at his pitches they would just leave it and there was no rules against that and nothing to stop them just leaving it and leaving it and leaving it until one was good enough that they felt they could hit it. So you, you couldn't get struck out? You could get struck out, but you only got struck out when you played at the ball. You ha- that's still true. You have <sighs> right, to play and right, miss. Yeah. So if you left it, in those days, nothing happened. And the ball <laughs> went back to the pitcher and he threw it again. Uh, so he would end up throwing over 300 pitches in every <sighs> single match, generally. Which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that is a lot. I think pitchers now... How many pitches would a pitcher throw now? I don't think they throw more than like 10 or 15 in an innings. And they generally don't pitch the whole match. No, no, they don't. You you wouldn't throw much more than 100 pitches, I don't think. And even that would probably be a lot. And you're getting subbed out if you're throwing that many, probably. So 300 pitches a match when you have to throw it underarm and there's no, (laughs) like your arm is taking none of this brunt as a lot. Uh, There is a myth that he died hitting a home run. But that was likely made up after the fact, and he probably just hit the ball. Uh, and then, so it, what the reason he died, he got a hernia in, yeah. somewhere oh. in his body. Uh, the, again, no medicine, so they don't really know where, but somewhere in his stomach. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up dying from that, basically herniated all the blood out of his body. Ugh. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous way to die. But baseball writer John Thorne commented in his book, Baseball in the Garden of Eden the secret history of the early game, that Creighton was baseball's first hero and, I believe, the most important player not inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame. Mm, so sounds like it. Real unsung hero territory we're in here, although it has been sung by various historians, but not by the game itself. Yeah, sung by boring people, but nobody yeah, listens to boring exactly, people. <laughs> exactly, so now that we're talking about it... <laughs> It'll be in the Hall of Fame in no time. Uh, At the time, as I said, cricket was the most popular team sport in America. But Creighton brought attention to baseball and his martyr story only increased that. So even before he died, he was bringing people in to watch because people loved seeing him pitch it real fast. Like it added a huge dimension. And then the fact that he died whilst playing the sport because he was so good at it was a huge story. Teams then began honouring honoring him by naming themselves after him, which surely only one team can do yeah. that. <laughs> They've gone all with the Jim Creighton's. <laughs> it didn't give me any examples of what that was, like whether it was like Creighton's Warriors or something like that, yeah. or whether it was just Jim Creighton over and over again. <laughs> surely not. Um, but they also would go and visit his gravesite before games, if they were wow. anywhere in, in the vicinity. His gravesite had a large marble obelisk 12 foot wow. obelisk on it that's impressive with a giant baseball on the yeah. top like stuck on the top yeah you would wouldn't you that's huge <laughs> like a 12 foot obelisk is so garish <laughs> so yeah. over the top 
I, yeah, I don't think that's very becoming of a hero <laughs> for me, but oh well. Uh, it became controversial to compliment a pitcher after his death without saying, oh, he weren't no Creighton, though, was he? I mean, <laughs> right. I've, I've given it the West so, Country accent. So but. after he died, no one else is allowed to be good. It, basically. But nobody <laughs> was allowed to be as good as him anyway. They're allowed to be good, but... Not not without saying he wasn't <laughs> as good as this guy who died at 20 years old. He became like Jimi Hendrix, effectively. Like, yeah. no guitarist can be as good as Hendrix, yeah. despite the fact that surely they are. <laughs> but, I mean, like, Hendrix was on drugs for most of his life. Surely, <laughs> surely people who are clean are better than him, but they're not allowed to be. Like, he, yeah. he died young and invented loads before of stuff. Before his time. Yeah, before his time and was a pioneer and yeah. therefore has to be the best forever. Uh, so, in 1864... Baseball introduced the walk rule, which is... So in baseball, if you get three balls that you don't hit, that you don't even swing at, and they're good balls, so they actually go over the plate, uh, they introduced that rule in 1864 because there was a load of people who came in like Creighton, like saw how Creighton was pitching and was like, we're going to do that because that was fast and they're really struggling to hit it. (laughs) The weird thing is there wasn't really much advantage to that because like i say they could just leave it yeah so the batsman would just stand there and leave it and according to the new york mercury spectators have become disgusted with waiting hour after hour (laughs) to see three or four innings played (laughs) so we're back to cricket (laughs) (laughs) Um, because they wanted to show off what a bully swift pitcher we've got which that's very old style uh, (laughs) writing in there but bully But so they changed the rules of baseball to bring in the walk so that you, if you bowl three good balls, because pitchers effectively were throwing it real fast, but nowhere near like where batters could hit it because there was yeah. no penalty for them doing that either. Yeah. So they just ping it over their shoulders <laughs> and like they're not, they'd just be like, I'm not going to hit that. I'm just going to wait. Yeah. So nothing happened for hours on end. And you could argue still that is the yeah. case, but at least something vaguely happens at some point. So. Yeah, baseball changed a lot because of Jim Creighton. But also, without him, there is a good argument that baseball would never have become the sport of America. Mm. Because without him coming in and bowling that way or pitching that way, nobody would have watched the sport. It was yeah. incredibly rubbish, really. Although, like, possibly interesting. But yeah. when you just dob the ball up, yeah. it, there's not that much skill to just being able to hit it wherever you want to. Not for, like real players of the yeah. game so they can just then hit it to a place and get onto first base and that's yeah. all they really need to do that's sort of how baseball yeah. works so you just each one of you do that hit it to just an empty space base. just slowly get around the bases real boringly yeah so without him there's a good argument that baseball would never have taken off so he should be a hero here really because nobody wants an american cricket team that's true yeah <laughs> cricket is far better for it for not having americans Absolutely. involved so he's he's good for everyone is <laughs> jim creighton could be everyone's hero forever there you go but it's good to learn that wasn't it yeah <laughs> you learn something new every day when you're not in lockdown still which doesn't really work anymore but i'm still <laughs> gonna sign off with it so We got through that relatively easy. I got to be a baked potato. But he doesn't have any shoes on.
see you suckers <laughs>